1: Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection, with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean-Victoria Norlock, bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rick Shields, and I have here with me Jane Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jane?
2: I'm good, Rick. How are you?
1: I'm great. Stuff moving and shifting and changing. and
2: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I think that's great.
2: Moving and so shifting and changing.
1: Moving and shifting and changing. So much better than lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my.
2: <laughs> I don't know. What is this? Lions and tigers and bears? Oh my! What's wrong with lions and tigers and bears? I oh, haven't oh, really nothing. like Nothing.
1: It's uh, lions um, and tigers and bears. Dorothy in Wizard of Oz. Oh. She's headed down the golden, the yellow brick road, and all of a sudden it's kind of dark, and she's in the forest and the woods and the, you know. So she gets worried that, you know, there could be lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Oh. And of course, it turns out there remember is one.
2: That part at all.
1: It turns out there is one, and about then the Cowardly Lion tries to do his lion thing, but not very well. I think it was the coughing.
2: Wow. I apparently need to re-see that movie.
1: Cause... I was actually in the play in high school, so you know, we had cast party afterwards and watched the real one, because it happened to be on the Sunday night movie. That was back before you could actually watch something at the time of your choosing, uh, like we can now. But it just worked out that we were having cast party at the end of, I don't know how many performances we did. I was the Munchkin mayor. You were the what? I was the Munchkin mayor, you know, that gives Dorothy the key to the city and tells her to... They cast
2: keep... you as a Munchkin.
1: Yeah. I was the Munchkin mayor, six foot one.
2: Yeah, because that makes all kinds of sense.
1: Right, yeah, of course.
2: I all right, I, sure. I think it
1: was, he's good enough, we'll give him a speaking part, but he's not good enough for it to be more than about ten words. So, what do we got? Oh, Munchkin Mayor. Yeah, put him. Eh, who knows?
2: Okay, sure. Six foot it
1: something. It was fun, though.
2: Munchkin Mayor. It was fun.
1: It. I had fun. I got to give Dorothy the uh, key to the city and all that kind of good stuff. That was fun.
2: That's fun.
1: And she was a senior, and I was like a freshman, and, you
2: know.
1: Ooh.
2: Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting.
1: My, t- my 15 minutes of fame, I suppose.
2: <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what you want to call it I don't Remember ever being in a play in school. The last? I was Mary once. In our church play, however, uh-huh. um,
1: but can imagine that.
2: <laughs> um, I remember that very well. I even remember the doll that we used.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a doll that my mom got me. Very lifelike. So that being okay. in a drama thing, and just, doll. I think it has something to do with storytelling and story arc. And you and I are storytellers from way back. Tell a good story. It's actually a good way for people to learn. According to Bashar, it's like keyed into our beingness, the story structure, the arc. Really? Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. So he would say, you know, bless the storytellers.
2: Bless the storytellers. Well, and you... you you... Some stories. I mean, you think about... Okay. Think about... And this is my favorite, current. um, But, well... Two of them, current children's children's are geared towards younger people. The Harry Potter series, absolutely brilliant interpretation of what's really going on on the planet right now. If you think about it, there is this kind of um, behind-the-scenes world of people doing all this incredible stuff that might seem magical to some, but really isn't that magical. Um yeah so it's kind of a society within a society and and the mainstream society for the most part doesn't know that those other people exist so um you know just it's pretty accurate description of our current times and then there was the um twilight series which was you know a great great lesson in don't assume That the bad guy is, or the bad guy that you've been told, the demon that you've always been told is a demon, is a bad guy. Right. Because it's about personal choice, right? I mean, here's this guy that's born to be a bloodsucker, literally, and chooses to not kill.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's cool, we like that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's good storytelling. J.L. Tolkien. Another ingenious... Um, oh,
1: genius storyteller.
2: Genius way to get some really deep universal truths across. Yeah. So storytellers yeah, are I grew kind up of the backbone the, of society.
1: I grew up with the sci-fi and fantasy writers and books and movies and TV shows. and I was actually alive when Star Trek was really on the television. And you had to wait a week for a new episode and all that. Not the next generation, the The old generation, oh, (laughs) original series, and remember um, the
2: original series. I went
1: to uh, Star Trek conventions, and I got to meet Scotty and Chekhov, and you know, it was great. Really, and and they do; they can be very, you know, advance warning of things to come, you know. It, it was odd that they always ended up with there being some blowing up going on, because I don't think that's necessary about the future. But, you know, you look at Star Trek, the original series, and, you know, it was shocking in the late 60s. It was it was beyond belief that, you know, these guys had these little boxes in their hands, and they could talk to the spaceship or anybody on the planet. That's ridiculous, man. That's You talk about science fiction, and, of course, we all have one now.
2: Mm-hmm. We call them cell phones.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And you've um, got to
1: dial people. You can't just flip it open and go Kirk to Enterprise. But.
2: but how far away really are we from doing that? Because most most phones now have voice option, voice yeah. activation option, because they don't want you driving and texting or driving and dialing. So you have voice options. You just tell your phone, call home. or. Yeah call my baby or call, you know, whatever.
1: And, um, the new vehicles coming out, even the Dodge Dart that starts at like sixteen grand, uh, not much for a car these days, it, it has a Wi-Fi hotspot built in the car. So as long as you stay within about 150 feet of the car, you got internet, wherever you are. Right. So, uh,
2: that's freaking sweet.
1: Well, you know, there's the...
2: That's seriously sweet.
1: There's the tricorder. I mean, the tricorder that they held in their hands supposedly had the sensors to figure all this stuff out all by itself. But nonetheless, with your smartphone, even some of the average phones, uh, they don't have to be particularly smart uh, now. You can pull up the weather, the temperature, the humidity, the all that kind of stuff. That they used to look at. You can pull most of that up just with the internet and the phone. You know, one of these phones. The phone knows where you are. Tells the internet. The internet says, "Oh, I've got one of these Android phones, and it's got a weather thing on it that tells you the current weather if, if when you look at it, it's a widget or something on the screen. I don't know. In your uh, location? Yeah, you don't. I, there's no place to tell it what location you want to see. Really, it just tells you for where you are. You know, you can put it in other locations, like Montreal. How is the weather in Montreal? Um, cold?
2: Well, it's I, – I don't know. I'm sure people wouldn't call it cold, so I'm just going to not – let's not talk about the weather.
1: Oh, let's not talk about the weather. Maybe yes, we should talk about why we're just talking.
2: For, it's not warm for me. It's warm yeah. for everybody else, I'm sure, but it's not warm for That's me. That's
1: 11 degrees there now. That's not too bad.
2: Yeah, well it'd
1: be nice you know, if it was double that, but you know it's two hundred
2: twenty, you know, is
1: it's twenty four down chill. in San Jose, Costa Rica. So it it could be like twenty six, twenty seven, I bet. Um, See that's Drake, where I need to Drake be right
2: and be hanging out at San
1: Jose, apparently. Well, or Drake Bay, which is probably a couple of degrees warmer being on the ocean.
2: Drake, uh, would it be warmer or would it be cooler?
1: Well, it depends on the temperature of the seawater. You know, but there it would probably be warmer. Uh, San Jose's up. Costa Rica goes up in elevation pretty fast. So, you oh. know, when you get up in the hills and mountains, it gets cool.
2: Ah, uh, okay. I see.
1: Uh, some islands don't do that, but it's like uh, in Hawaii, like Maui, you can go up on the top of the mountain and it's cold up there. Right. So you can have cool weather and warm weather. You can hang out at the beach and then wear a sweater to dinner what a deal that's what I used to love about Colorado Springs and Manitou Springs Uh, you know shorts and short sleeve shirt weather in the afternoon but when you wake up in the morning you got to bundle up with blankets to go out on the porch and drink coffee with the hummingbirds really yeah yeah it's like and you
2: loved that
1: yeah I did
2: okay you're a little crazy
1: yeah, well, I also enjoyed the time that I spent on the cruise ship down in uh, Curacao, Bonaire, and Aruba, desert islands, you know, but they have built nice things on them, and, uh, and it was, well, the weather didn't change much. We were pretty close to, we were getting closer to the equator, so along the equator, it's the same all the time, pretty much. And you never know the way the ter- tilt of the Earth has been shifting with all these earthquakes. We could end up being straight up and down. And then it would be the same temperature all year long everywhere. Everywhere? That would be kind of weird, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, like like Bashar's planet. It's about you know it's a comfortable temperature over the whole planet because there's no tilt, so there's no spring, summer, autumn, winter. It just it just is.
2: That would be okay. Yeah. I could live with that.
1: Then it's just, you know, I suppose there might be a little bit of difference from the equator up to the poles, but not as much as you might think once the thing's stabilized for several years of being straight up and down like that. Right. Um, and uh, But we get all the wild variety, you know. Surfing and snow skiing. Snow skiing and water skiing. There you go.
2: This is true. It's kind of goofy. This is true. I guess if your temperature is the same all the time, you don't have snow-capped mountains and um, places to go skiing and, you know, snowshoeing. And,
1: yeah, they don't really um, have that there. They're polar there. bears. are kind of warm all the time.
2: Penguins. And,
1: they don't have any predation on that planet either. Of course, Bashar says the reason we have predation on this planet is because we are we are predatory, us humans.
2: Uh
1: and that when humans stop exhibiting predation there will be no predation on the planet interesting thought
2: do you think humans are ever going to be not predatory though Predator. I don't know Predatory? I
1: don't, I don't even know if that would be desirable you know um you know, it's 2012, I think there's going to be a big shift, right? And that the balance of things is going to, it's been mostly negative, more more than 50% negative, and it's going to, it has swung the other direction, it's more than 50% positive, so there will be momentum, and it will go that way. But I can't imagine it ever getting all the way over there. We have no contrast at all. Now, contrast doesn't have to be a negative thing, you know, No. Abraham's fond of saying you can be ecstatically joyful and have contrast by only being just just happy, you know? Yeah. Um, You don't have to go way swinging around like we have a tendency to do. But um, if you take that the universe is infinite, life is infinite, eternal, Ever expanding, then there's always going to be something better than now. Always something worse than now. Hmm. Same. Long as you're going to have better and worse.
3: Right.
1: Now, if duality goes away, I I, I don't know because I don't know about duality going away in a body on a planet. I've not really done that before. That's I mean, us. We get that, to do that new thing.
2: I would think that would be kind of weird, though. I mean...
1: It does seem odd and incomprehensible with a bipolar, you know, polarized brain, so...
2: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, how much of a physical change would have to occur
1: before... Oh, the, Are we talking the, the,
2: another like, fucking hundred generations, or what?
1: Oh, I don't know that it'll take that long. I suspect that in about a thousand years we'll quit incarnating in bodies at all. Most, you know, by necessity, anyway. Um and uh but I suspect things are gonna change pretty radically in the next twelve to thirty six months one to two- one to three years um, and and I'm not really sure that we can entirely imagine what it would look like with the way that we are now, you know. I mean, I don't expect that in two to three years our, brain, our brains will have grown back together and quit being two halves. Um, but then again, maybe. I don't know. But they can start functioning that way. They'll start functioning that way through the connection that's already there, and that connection will just get bigger and bigger until the little seam in the middle kind of seems to go away. Let
2: me, you're, you're, you're suggesting a monumental shift. mm in physicality, not just...
1: You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, that I, that will take generations to do, you know. But like I said, the functionality can come. Most of the functionality can come right now. We've got this corpus callosum that connects the two halves, right?
2: Sure. I don't know much about the human brain. I don't study it.
1: Ah, yeah. No, I... Well, I did... Once upon a time, when I was being a scientist instead of a human, you know, or whatever. When I was growing up and reading the encyclopedia and all that kind of stuff.
2: <laughs> okay, so continue explaining.
1: Well, you have the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere, and the left hemisphere is all about math and facts. And and the right hemisphere is all about creativity and paintings and pink elephants that fly. And
2: yes, I know that.
1: And so there goes the the, the duality again of the intellectual mind and the intuitive mind, right? Okay. And we spend time twice a week explaining to everybody that, that, look, it's all one, it's all you, right? Well, the physical manifestation of a race that functions that way would not be a divided brain. That communic- where the two halves communicate, they would just be having a brain. I suppose there might be geographic areas in the brain that sort of seem to do light up at different times, but there would not be this, for stuff to get from one side to the other, it has to squeeze down through the funnel and get over there.
2: Ah, oh, I see.
1: And so I think it would be a physical manifestation that would come after the it's kind of like that you've got to get the vibration before your reality matches that thing well this would be a you kind of got to start to function that way um first that's why there's a connection I would guess well and you wouldn't be able to stay alive if there wasn't um because your imagination and your intuition are mostly going on in your right brain which right. runs the left side of your body uh I always thought that was weird when I was a kid. Couldn't understand why the sides of the brain, the sides of the body were mismatched. Well, it makes the, makes the wiring harder, so there must have been a reason. But I couldn't find anywhere where anybody had a reason. Hmm. And I think it's just a sign that you got to have both halves to function. And that they're not as separate as you think they are. But... Uh, and that they can reverse themselves you know and uh, so I think it's going to be interesting you know people talk about DNA changes or DNA upgrades or this or that or you know will there be physical changes and you know we're not going to have a third eyeball show up and turn green little green men I don't think Mm -hmm. but I would I would I would think there would have to be manifestational changes to that big of a vibrational difference. You know? It's a huge vibrational difference. Those of us that have been slugging our way up the ladder for years and not doing well, (laughs) (laughs) by our own estimation, perhaps, we're doing perfectly well, but, but, uh, uh, you know, it's a big leap. And... uh, so I do expect there to be changes. I mean, Bashar says that if that there's DNA changes that we could detect with our instruments right now in children today versus children 50 years ago, which would be when I was born, or close, 49 years ago. <clears throat> and um, somebody's going to you know, it can be detected with what we've got. Somebody's going to jump up and go, hey, wait a minute. Because when you think about it, the difference in DNA between us and a chimpanzee is like less than 2%, I think, right? Really? So, um, at least out of what we measure, the the physical DNA, uh, let's see. We still didn't talk about why it's just us talking.
2: <laughs> okay, John
1: well and
2: um well, you're looking that it. up. I guess I could explain it. Our guest didn't show up.
1: Yeah, we never did hear back anything week this week um, <laughs> to our this is to confirm our appointment that we made. you know, we really did make an appointment. Somebody really did say they would be here. Uh, but things do happen and this was somebody that has people, you know, promotional people and schedule people and this and that and the other, and there was a breakdown in that. Uh, We've never had a breakdown where we're talking directly to the guest, but when we're talking to the guest people, sometimes we, you know, we've had a couple other times when it was like down to the last hour. I only changed the description of the show about an hour before we went on the air, but, you know. Um so yeah, greater than ninety eight percent similarity, ninety eight and a half. Um of the DNA that we know how to measure, you know.
3: Mm.
1: And um now, does that mean there are not some significant differences in places we hadn't been able to measure? Could be they got all this stuff they call junk DNA that they don't think does anything. Just leftovers. How many leftover species do you see on the planet? Got dinosaurs running around? You know? Ah, uh,
2: We have forms of dinosaurs running around.
1: Yeah, but they've adapted to today's... Uh, nature's not big on junk. No. No, nature
2: doesn't do junk well, usually.
1: You, you know? How much of that stuff that got that that was naturally created, I'm not talking about anything that man created, uh, that, that, that Mother Earth created, that Gaia created, how much of that stuff was excess junk? None. None. Sure. And, I mean, all the bugs and all the, you know, do you have any idea the number of carcasses that would be around if we didn't have flies and ants and stuff?
2: Oh yeah, I mean we so need every single bug that
1: everything's ever all been, yeah
2: it's all they're all there all for a together. reason.
1: So why would why would we have eighty percent of our DNA that doesn't do anything? Oh, maybe you got a leftover something, one or two things, but eighty percent, that's cuckoo. And so it's just like that you only use ten percent of your brain. No, you use 100% of your brain in order to fool yourself into thinking that you're only using 10%. That's a big thing when you're an infinite creator to be able to make yourself think you're not and actually experience not, you know.
2: So that's a serious skill then.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a skill of, you know...
2: self infinite.
1: Yeah, the infinite being... Made incarnate to be able to deceive yourself that heavily. You know, people talk about deceptions of the, the the financial elite have kind of deceived us. Yeah, not near as much as we've deceived ourselves. It's that's small fry stuff.
3: Well,
2: if we've deceived ourselves, then we've allowed the financial people to deceive us as part of our deception. Of course. Okay, then. Yeah. So why is it such a big deal?
1: It's because not a big deal. Because
2: if we decide that we're not wanting to play that game anymore, then obviously we're not going to buy into the deceptions of the financial people either.
1: And, I mean, come on now. Back on the playground, you decide, okay. And
2: aren't they part of the game?
1: The majority of people decide, okay, we don't want to play this game anymore. We're going to play like this. Well, if the previous game gave advantage to the big kids... That are physically larger.
2: Well, they might whine a bit.
1: They're going to whine a bit, and they're not going to want to change because they're winning this one, and they can tell they may not be winning the next one because they haven't been practicing those skills. You know, they have big, they don't have agile or whatever. You know, right. Um, But nonetheless, it's when it's the majority, it the game changes, even though they whine and kick and scream a lot
2: thinking in terms of playgrounds and and games, you kind of decide ahead of time who's going to be the cops and who's going to be the robbers. And At the end of the game, you don't hate the guys that were the robbers because they're the bad guys.
1: You kind of needed the bad
2: guys to play the game.
1: And the better the bad guys, the better the game.
2: Well, the better the bad guys are at being bad guys and the better the game, yeah, of
1: course. Yeah, so the badder they are, you know, I used to hate it, but I'd always figure a way around it eventually when, like, in the middle of the game, somebody on the other side would do something that, like, oh, yeah, you didn't read that rule? You don't remember rule number three? And then you go, oh, man, dude, because it, like, blows up your whole plan. So you just make a new plan because it's not anything serious to get worried about. And somehow we've managed to convince ourselves that there's something serious going on down here. And, yes, we take our games very seriously, but as far as, like, is there something serious, life and death, make it or break it? Nah. Nah.
2: Well, life and death is a pretty big concept for an uh, infinite being to...
1: Well, uh, when you when there is no such thing, it's hard to wrap your brain around. So you got to make some assumptions that are false in order to wrap your brain around it. I mean, when you think about it, going from who we are to who we're presently experiencing ourselves to to be, coming out the back end of a society that went all the way asleep, everybody. Oh, there was always a light here and there. Yes, 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 yes. Variety is the spice of contrast. But <clears throat> because people that are doing well are contrast for people that aren't. Makes you feel bad, so it's contrast. that would be how we have defined contrast. People say, well, contrast to go away. Contrast isn't any different than the things that make you feel good, just except by vibration. Same stuff. That's like saying, I want this, you know, the dirt's all, you know, been leached of its nutrients because we don't rotate crops and do things to take care of the earth the way she takes care of us. Well, you don't say, I want to get rid of the dirt. You just want to get Better dirt. You want the dirt to be better. Okay. Well, so then you do that. Plant the crops that do feed the soil or spray chemical fertilizers on it if you must. But, you know, uh, you want something you can spray. There's lots of natural ones you can get. Right now, my mother used to buy them when I was a little kid. So they're not new. They've had them at the store ever since I know of fish emulsion, bone meal, blood meal, instead of, you know, nitro-false.
2: What, natural bug killers?
1: Natural bug killers, natural fertilizers, uh, fish emulsion, blood meal, and bone meal are all, your local nursery gardening store will have them. Generally, even the big box Home Depots and that sort of thing have them. Um, Fish emulsion is exactly what it sort of sounds like. It's Dead fish that have been sort of made soup.
2: Okay. Is that that a deterrent?
1: No, that's fertilizer. That's fertilizer.
2: Oh, that's Uh, fertilizer. Okay.
1: No, the big, one of the big, uh, you know, natural pesticides is pyrethrum, which is made out of daisies. And, um, or, no, not daisies. Flowers, though. Pyrethrum? Yeah.
2: Well, as long as it's not made out of poppies, because that'd be a problem.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know. Pyrethrum refers to several old world plants of the genus Chrysanthemum. Yeah, it's Uh Chrysanthemum.
2: Chrysanthemums. Yeah, that I can see. Bugs uh, don't like chrysanthemums.
1: Which are cultivated as ornamentals for their showy, flowery heads. So the, but they're calling it an old world plant. Well, let's make it a new world plant. And, you know, borrow some of the... You can spray, you know, take some of these petals and soak them and then spray that on your corn. And the DNA of the corn does not suddenly try to become a chrysanthemum. <laughs> But the corn does now exhibit the ability to repel insects because they think it's a big field of chrysanthemums. And they don't like chrysanthemums, corn bugs.
2: Right. So it's not that they, it's not that they, it kills the bugs.
1: Well, it, it would if they get on there and, and, and munch them. But it mostly deters them because they're used to that. Them. They know how to smell that, that, that. they want to eat. It's not an undercover poison that they're supposed to like and carry home to their nest. That's... No, they just go
2: eat somewhere else.
1: Yeah. you know.
2: And that makes sense.
1: Like because pulling up to a the, If we kill off
2: all the bugs.
1: Oh, we'd be in a bind.
2: Then we have a major problem, right?
1: We're experiencing that right now with this colony collapse of honeybees. Uh, you know, they made genetically modified corn that produces pesticide inside of itself. To get, But it's to get rid of something that eats the roots of it, right? So the only safety studies they did were on the roots of the plant. They didn't really study what the difference of having a poison-producing plant on the upper parts is. And it is that the bees that they rely on for pollination and would go extinct without, they don't die. They don't get enough to kill them. They get enough that they can't find their way home, so they just they fly until they die because they never get home. <clears throat> But I've never heard of that happening with, uh, you know, chrysanthemum juice. <laughs> and uh, the other one is
2: me, okay. So we had these, we had these products that were natural and they worked, right? And people weren't getting sick, right? Why did we jack with oh, it? Oh,
1: don't let me get there. I could well, give a soapbox I to on know
2: that. your opinion on
1: that. Because well, I, I think it's very simple. Most of the modern pesticides, the the industrial pesticides that have been created out of... What, created out of what? Thin air? No. They've all been created from oil. Really? Oil. So it's just one more reason that we need to have oil. So it's one more reason that those who... Control the oil, have power. So. What an oil
2: tycoons strike again, eh? I did not know that. They're created from oil?
1: Yeah, they're petroleum byproducts. Fluoride. <sighs> fluoride that we drink?
2: Well, you might drink it. I don't drink but, tap water, so I I'm don't.
1: Not... I don't either. But, um, um, uh, most of our fluoride, um, Um, comes as a byproduct of um, in fact it was considered a toxic byproduct of um, uh, let's see
2: so when did we just decide that a toxic byproduct is suddenly a must have for the well being of our teeth
1: uh, I think mostly when we decided that people couldn't just throw toxic byproducts away into the, and, and they had to account for their, uh, you know how they handled their waste, right?
2: You're painting a very so interesting how, picture.
1: What am I going to do with this industrial waste? This toxic, hazardous waste?
2: Sell it as.
1: Make people buy a cure. it, and I've determined <laughs> that individuals—yeah, individuals might buy a little bit in toothpaste, but I got a lot more of this stuff to sell. So, wow! Put
2: it in water and tell Let's them. That get their the government to
1: put it in have- water, because that's how people buy things involuntarily—is through their tax dollars. And uh, you know.
2: So they tested fluoride then, and do they know what the actual effects of it are? Or did they just? Fucking throw it in the water and say. Well, in
1: in the fifties and sixties.
2: Yes, people, I am dropping the f bomb tonight a lot, but that's okay. I don't have it, a guest to offend.
1: Yeah, we don't have a guest to offend or keep up with. We could always delete it. It's just us. Although we'd love for for anybody to call in with any questions you've got, we'll do our best to answer them. But back in the fifties and sixties. Or to get the, up on their
2: soapbox, if you yeah. want to get up on your soapbox with us, you're more than welcome.
1: Just yeah, join. bring bring your own soapbox, or you can borrow one of ours. No problem. Absolutely. Um, So in the 50s and 60s, Alcoa and the entire aluminum industry were just buried over their heads in this toxic waste called fluoride. So if you look back, that's right about the time that the FDA and the government got convinced that the idea of buying this poison at a twenty thousand percent markup and then injecting it into our water supply, as well as into all the nation's toothpaste and dental rinses, would be a really good idea. Um, now, um, how did they do that? Well, there's a, you know there's some scientific studies that the industry or a group that said they were for dental health or something, you know. They don't usually, it's not usually a group that says, Hi, we're the aluminum manufacturers or we're the oil companies. It's a, you know, we're the American Family Association,
3: <clears throat>
1: nonprofit sponsored by, but um, um, got a biased scientific study. It's generally they're not biased, it's ex- except that they make them look at one tiny little piece of evidence and ignore other pieces of evidence that might be contrary to what they want to prove, right? Right. And so since the 50s there've been hundreds of studies on fluoride that show it shortens lifespan does all kind of icky things to humans, right? Okay. But but the the studies that were submitted to the government for the approval were specifically just on teeth. And um uh, they were sometimes studied on animal teeth or even teeth that were not no longer in someone's body. Because you know, well teeth they're dead tissue, no they're not. Teeth can uh, this will get me in trouble. Teeth can regenerate like anything else. But, um, you know, scientific studies, having been a scientist growing up, scientific studies are the biggest bunch of malarkey i ever heard of. You tell me what you want the study to prove. I'll create a study that looks for that and we'll find that. It's easy. Because every study has to start with an assumption, and then you try to prove or disprove the assumption. Well, the way you build the assumption has all the difference on how the thing turns out.
2: Right. There's always a hypothesis. Yeah. I remember that from school. You have to have a hypothesis.
1: And What do
2: you think is going to happen?
1: So industrial study people that are mostly paid by big industry, what they are are professional hypothesis designers. They design the hypothesis so that it's almost impossible not to get the desired result. And then they present those studies to the government bodies. And we've said to the government bodies that when a company has a product and they present studies that show its safety and efficiency, effectiveness, you must approve it. Well, that's what we told them they had to do. So, you know, Friends of Teeth comes with these all these studies about how children's cavities will stop if we just put fluoride in the drinking water. Well, what if we just don't let them eat so much candy? Oh, well, then, see, that upsets the sugar producers. The, the Dow Chemicals, better living through chemistry, pervades this society much more than people think it does. There's chemistry in almost everything you're doing, except in the produce aisle and the fresh. Well, there's chemistry going
2: Wait through. a minute. No, you can't say and there's, there's chemistry. chemistry in the produce aisle because of all the freaking shit that they spray on our stuff.
1: And genetically modifying our stuff, and,
2: and even if I mean, God bless the organic growers because they're they're fighting for our right to eat to eat natural foods. So you know, big shout out to the organic growers. But even if you're an organic grower, there's still chemicals in our food. Less than if it's not organic, but there's still chemicals in it because there's chemicals in the air, there's chemicals in the water, there's chemicals in the soil. We've been doing it for so long, we've already toxified the ground. Yeah. Now, granted, plants are wonderful natural depoisoners. You know, I mean, they take the toxins out, and a couple growing seasons will clean that shit right up. But you can't really claim that there's no chemicals in anything we eat because it's pretty much.
1: Yeah, they're pretty pervasive. We've, we've managed to get them in just about every corner, but a few, now, a, you, a few changes we can, we can correct that pretty quickly. But well, because Mother Earth knows, body knows how to rebalance. Is, but, I
2: think the human body is incredibly, you know, adaptive as well. Is is Oh, others- it is.
1: It is, and that's that's one way it makes it easy to get lazy. You know, when you're a teenager and you're convinced that you're bulletproof, you're pretty much bulletproof. So you can eat all the McDonald's you want and you still look the same.
2: Yeah, I really did.
1: And so you just go, that stuff doesn't affect me. Well, it was true at the time and it can be true for your lifetime. But it's a tough one because, you know, people tell me somebody got very emotional on my wall the other day. I posted something about food and and they were like, look, everybody got to get over this. You can eat anything you want. It's not what you eat. It's how you feel when you eat it. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, however, we've we've kind of gotten bad at listening to our feelings for one thing, so it takes a little practice, and you you might need to change your diet to help you in that practice because your body is a physical manifestation. Yes. Yes. It's made up of the physical stuff. Yeah.
2: Of course, yes, and it's a physical manifestation it, of you,
1: and it needs physical fuel. Yes, your car of is course. a physical manifestation, and it needs physical fuel. But if you take your gasoline car and start putting number six heavy fuel oil in it, it won't die immediately. For a little while, it'll just be weird; it'll cough and sputter. And...
2: Well, here's the way I'm looking at this whole food thing. Yeah. You know what I guess it, 'cause Because thinking in terms of like the movie that we're working on and this whole eco-sustainable. Um, movement that's going on and our concern for the environment, it's just natural for you to go back to a more natural way of eating. I mean, if you want the world to become a more cleaner, wow, such bad grammar tonight for me, eh? Hey,
3: well, (laughs) you want If
2: you want the world to be, you know, purified and clean and natural, the environment in which you live to be natural and you want to get rid of all these external manifestations of the ick. then you start internally. You start by changing your own personal habits so that, you know, what you do and what your actions, your desire, your intention goes out into the world and alters the reality that way is what we're being taught. So, It's just natural to me that if you want a cleaner, more natural world to live in, then would you not fuel your own body with clean, natural foods?
1: Because I'm reasonably certain that myself, in the limits I've put on myself in this little physical vacation, adventure trip, cannot physically run around and undo all of the physical damage that's been done. Or, you know, pick up all of the plastic on the planet. Couldn't do it. Couldn't pick up all the plastic waste laying around in Texas. Um, but what I can do, and I can't do anything about the fluoride you drinking water growing up. And I remember going to the dentist and fluoride made your whole mouth feel weird for like a day. It was different than now. But um, maybe that's just because I've gotten used to it and um but what i can do something about is what i put into my body and you say well i don't want to put any pollution into the environment well i can't stop there's what you could stop all your pollution right now it would make not a blip on the radar of the pollution we put into the environment through energy generation and everything else right down the line but you can stop putting it in you and, you know, based on that a whole theory of if you want to see the image in the mirror, smile, you got to smile first. Well, which came first? The non-toxic diet or the non-toxic environment?
2: And that's the thing, you know, if you want the non-toxic environment, you kind of have to, to gravitate towards the non-toxic diet. Because let's not forget that, like, like that was posted on our wall today... Your, your purchasing dollars, you, you know, the money that you spend on items that you buy, that's your vote for what you want to be in your world and what you don't. So if you keep buying crap, they're going to keep selling you crap. They're going to keep making more crap. But well, if you start – no, it's true. You it start, is fine (laughs) the organic stuff and yeah okay it costs a little extra money but you know what for the money that you're going to spend in organics and and good grass-fed meats and 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 vegetables and fruit as opposed to ho-hos you know the the money that you're going to spend on that you're going to save on medication you're going to save on health care you're going to save on dare i say gas because you're going to feel like walking to the store instead of plunking your, can I say it? No, I'm not going to, but plunking your lazy butt into the car to drive to the <laughs> corner store. You're going to want to walk. You're going to want, you're going to have more energy, and you're going to need to do something with that energy. So it's, and, it's a snowball effect, right? I mean, it, it affects so many different aspects of your life.
1: Well, and um, I want all these big corporations to stop dumping toxic stuff okay, how much toxic stuff did you dump down the drain this week? And it's not, you don't have to go buy the all-natural cleaning products that are available in the store because when you get to looking at them, you know, what they call natural can be questionable as far as a cleaning product in the home. You can pour vinegar over your orange peels and have a very effective all-purpose cleaner And if you nail down any one of these doctors about this whole antibacterial stuff, say, well, that wouldn't be antibacterial. Actually, it probably would be from the vitamin C in the orange oil. But uh, even if it wasn't, the antibacterial stuff's all hype anyway because you mostly get the same amount of bacteria reduction just from washing your hands.
2: Yeah, they say soap and antibacterial soap are the same thing.
1: Pretty much because, you know, they say, well, our antibacterial soap, kills 99 percent of the germs well no what that means is they swab your hand then you wash and they swab it again so which did it the washing or the antibacterial well okay it kills 99 percent of the germs and washing your hands only kills 98 so let's create an entire toxic industry around getting that one percent because by golly i want it all and i want it now um You know, I have antibacterial cleaner under my sink that has this antibacterial ingredient called thymol, T-H-Y-M-O-L. It's thyme. The uh, herb, thyme, parsley, sage, rosemary, and.
2: Love it. Love it. Use it all the time.
1: Thymol is an antibacterial ingredient. And it's like soaking thyme in with the vinegar. That's how much harm it could do to the environment. What about all these other things that we've made up? I don't know.
2: Okay, so if you, you said orange peels, right? You said orange peels and in vinegar and let it sit for, what is it, 10 days?
1: Yeah. Let it sit for about you know a week, 10 days to completely mix without, you know, you're not going to grind stuff, concentrate stuff. That's where we start going wrong is trying to concentrate what nature gives us. We don't have to do that. We might have to be patient but we don't have to concentrate it.
3: Hmm.
1: Anyway, how about we take a break okay. and um uh, uh have a little music and uh just to mention again anybody that would like to uh join us or has a question for us about the movie or about any of these crazy topics that we talk about. Uh the call-in number is 805 805- area code 805-243-1318. That is a U.S. number. Uh, there should also be a Skype link on our show page uh, that would get you connected via Skype. We'd love to hear from you and do our best to answer your question. Um, should we do the movie theme? Sure. The rough cut of the movie theme? We yeah, said, we
3: haven't done
2: that kind of said in the
1: description I was going to talk about the movie, and we haven't so much, but really well. we are.
2: We are, because we're talking about what we're talking about the movie is about. So it's all it's all good.
1: It's all very good. So this is the Just Rough. It's just an acoustic guitar and the singer-songwriter that is our hero and doing the theme for the movie, Jordan Okren. And we'll be right back in about three minutes. Stay with us, folks.
3: Treating her with disregard an abundant choice away To put our feet back in the ground And teach us
1: a better world right now. Not tomorrow, next week, next month, December 21st,
2: 2012.
1: <laughs> what are you going to do between now and then if you're going to wait till then? <laughs> oh, I'm going to work my job and see if I can get another promotion in the corporation because they're going to take care of me forever.
3: <laughs>
1: wow. And well, that was the answer about 1955 and it was a good answer at the time. It's a workable answer at the time. Not so much anymore, people. Come on. Really.
2: That was rather soapboxy of you.
1: (laughs) Ah, Sorry. But really, you know, it really kind of does come down to it. What are you going to do between now and then? It's all going to work out one day. Okay. I don't care if that's December 2012 or some other time. What are you going to do between now and then? I mean Abraham says it, Nestor says it, George says it. All you got to do is kind of lean in the in the direction of progress and you get swept along. You got to work hard to dig your heels in.
2: I am confused by people's fear of change. I really am. I'm I'm confused by people's fear of progress.
1: I'm conferred by people's fears of progress.
3: Yes.
2: It it really is.
1: is. It's like they'll all get together. No offense to our brothers and sisters in the Occupy movement, which was very important and accomplished more than people think. Absolutely. uh, A very
2: powerful statement was made.
1: You can all get together and gripe about it. Everybody can gripe about it. Rank amateurs can sit on the sidelines and tell you what's wrong. You ever gone to a football game in America? With a football fan? Man, that to every play, they'll tell you who did what wrong and who should have been where. But they're not the ones making $30 million to make those choices down there on the field. That's right. You know?
2: It's the same in hockey or any other sport. Yeah.
1: It's easy to see when you take that big picture what ought to be changed. That's why they keep talking about meditation, backing up, taking the long view and the big picture of your life. And, you know, it's easier to see from up there. But when you're down in amongst it, it's just hard to see.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, generally, you're in the middle of a play. You're kind of focused on what you're doing. You're not able to see what the guy, you know, five bodies down the ice is. Is
1: doing. Yeah. You're,
2: and you can't see it until playback.
1: You're supposed to watch for Bob to be open to so your you're left. Bob. <laughs> so you don't see that Tom is open to the right? No, yes, yes. And the people in the cheap seats, the nosebleed seats, even can see it. But it's because you're not, that's not where you're looking. It's kind of like those scientific studies we were talking about. You get them saying anything you want, depending on where you're looking and how you're looking. That's the ultimate truth of quantum physics, you know uh, we can make an atom be in both boxes at one time until you open one and look
2: well I mean if people don't people don't believe it, I know, even if they don't believe it. I can guarantee you that if you think back and the surefire way for you to figure out that this is the truth. Think back to all this shitty stuff that's ever happened to you. And you know you have moments in your life where you've had a run of bad luck, right? And the more you get stressed about what's going on, it seems that the more shit comes your way until you finally get to the point where you're just like, fuck it. I can't deal with it anymore. Fuck it. I'm going to have a beer. Fuck it. Give me a bottle of wine. Fuck it. I don't care. And the minute you get to that don't care spot and you just let it go. Some people get to the point where they're on their knees saying, okay, God, you know what? I can't. It's all you, bud, because I can't do this anymore. That's when shit turns around.
1: Stuff starts to settle down.
2: Because you've stopped focusing on how bad it is. And it's it's crazy how when you look at the negatives in your life and how they can snowball, then this metaphysical teaching that we talk about so often that what you focus on expands, if you want to call it metaphysical teaching, I don't want to call it metaphysical teaching, I want to call it a universal freaking truth, because to be quite honest, it's been around for, I don't, well, forever forever. It's always been a truth. It always will be a truth. It's in the Bible. It's in the Quran. Look for it. You'll find it. Trust me. It's there. It's in all the ancient teachings. It's it's a fact. And if you need to see proof of it, it's it's so silly. But look at look at the bad things that happened in your life. And guarantee you'll you'll be able to you'll you'll see the patterns. And. Eventually at some point you gotta go, huh?
1: It's it's like Bashar is fond of saying when he talks about following your excitement. It's because the frequency of your inner being, when translated through a physical body, feels like excitement. So following your excitement is not metaphysics, it's physics it may be from a higher perspective physics something that people don't think about but it's just physics it's a matching of vibrations it's just like math it that's the way it works it you know why is 2 plus 2 4 i don't know they gave me blocks when i was a kid <laughs> and that's four but why is that four why isn't that five it's just a word you know actually the words do have some meanings here and there that you know we like to play games with ourselves with our vocabulary but it this is science people from a from a slightly more advanced standpoint in physics this is just physics it's wow you want to be happy get that vibration going and more of it just suddenly shows up bashar's little antenna that you start it with just a little like a battery just to give it a little zot of electricity and then it just starts Electricity just starts coming out of it. That's just matching a vibration that exists in the electromagnetic field of the Earth, with the shape of the coil and dimensions of the coil. And then, but you got to start it so that it knows what to attract, so to speak. You could say it's like a bloodhound. You got to give it a sniff, then it'll go find it.
2: So, so you're worried about you're worried about all the shit that's going wrong on our planet right now, right? if if you really care and i and, and this is going to sound crazy to people but if you really care you really want things to change go out and start looking for all the cool shit that's going on on our planet right now and just spend time watching that
1: you don't have to go do the cool shit all you, you don't have to even watch
2: have, it. that's exactly it you don't even have to go do the cool shit you can just watch it
1: there's people doing it And
2: celebrate the fact that people are doing it and Honestly, the more you focus on it, the more of it you're going to find. It'll just start coming to you. People will randomly send you emails saying, check this out. You'll turn on the news one day, and it'll be a good news story. And you're going to be like, what the hell? How did that happen? We don't have good news.
1: For people that are paddling to get up on this wave, it literally is going to almost be like you'll go to bed one night and you'll wake up and you will have shifted timelines and you'll just be... It won't seem such a shock because you will have shifted timelines and in that timeline you have a different past. That's why it's hard to imagine that timeline from this timeline. But
2: But if you that, want to be consciously aware physics. of that... I don't
1: want to get too deep in there.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> let's not scare them all. <laughs> if, you, if you want to be consciously aware of of the changes that are occurring on our planet right now. And I think, I honestly believe that most people do want to be consciously aware. They want to be an active part of the shift. So, so be consciously aware of the fact that what you focus on expands and you get more of it. So it's, it's as simple as, you know, focusing on more cool stuff
1: about choosing what to giving focus
3: people on.
2: yeah
1: choosing where to put your focus because i I love the way that uh, Elohim explained it with uh, veronica torres uh, let's say that there's a hundred subjects that you could focus on, but through your life, you've determined that of those a hundred you can really only do something about ten. You know, you can only really physically run around and do something about 10 of them. Pay attention to 10 of them. So you choose which 10 of those 100 that you want to focus on. So now you want expanded awareness or, you, you know, you want to wake up. You want to come to. Okay, expanded awareness. You used to have 100 things you were aware of, and and now you have 1,000 things you're aware of. You still only probably can physically run around and do something about 10 of them. There's only one of you, bodily, physically wise. Now you do lots by changing your vibration, but fo- just follow us. Follow me here for a minute. Follow us, whatever. I got the I-wees. Case um, of the I-wees happens sometimes. Um, okay, but even further than that, that 100 things you were you had to pick 10 from, there were 50 bad ones and 50 good ones, let's say. Now you're aware of a thousand that means there's five hundred bad ones. Evil is getting bigger in the world, Yes, okay. If so, love and good is getting bigger in the world. The universe is at balance and at rest. certain corners may seem very active, certain corners can be very active from a joyful dancing sort of way, and certain anyway. If you focusing on the negative side and you say, well, it's getting bigger, we, we, we got to do something about that. The, the positive side's getting bigger, too. Just turn your head. Turn the other cheek. Somebody might have said once.
2: Somebody might have said that once. And um,
1: sorely misunderstood. Was but,
2: that misunderstood? <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Turn the other cheek. Look the other way. Uh, I mean, think people,
1: just a a difference in translation of language, and it's been through 65,000 translations. It was turn and look the other way because the good is getting bigger, too. And so you could look at it that now there's ten times as many bad things, or you could look at it there's ten times as many good things for me to choose from to put my ten attention units on.
2: And and I could I could be I could be a real shit and pull another Bible quote that confirms the whole intent and the power of intent. It's very clearly stated in the Bible that where two or more pray in my name, so there
1: I there am. I am. Up. Yes.
2: So what does that mean? Well, it means, quite simply, that when you act with a loving intention towards another human being or towards our planet, the more of you there are, the more powerful that intention becomes.
1: It's exponential, the math people say. It's one and one is not two. More like four. So, you know, yeah, I went to the local, you know, circle thing, and they had a little fire, and we stood around it, and we hugged each other, and we hugged Mother Earth in our mind's eye, and we sang, and we did drums. And, yeah, there were 20 of us out there. Whoopi-doo. You know how many people there were at the Megadeth concert? And But it it makes a huge difference because the the big crowds on the other end of the spectrum are not all in alignment. They're all just all jangling out there on the raw and ragged edge. I know, I jangled out there for a long time. But you're not really in alignment with anybody that you're around. You're just sort of around them because you're all in a trash vibration. But your defenses are up so har- high that you can't really sync with anybody but you get some chanting and singing and drumming and you know fall into sync with some people that all arrived there with the same intention they were told what the intention was ahead of time and if you're in alignment with this come if you're not peace you know carry on uh those things are are magical they really are and um I mean, the prescribed number, mathematically,
3: <laughs>
1: it's never a fine line, people. It's a range. Everything's fuzzy. Fuzzy logic. But um has been reached. It's just a question of how you're going to go along. Are you going to surf on top of the wave, or are you going to get sucked along in the current in the undertow? We're all going. Everybody going. Somewhere. We're all going. It's... Mm-hmm. We're having a linear experience down here, so we're going that way, or whichever way we choose. Start choosing steps. Quit choosing the 15-year plan. Just figure out what's the next step. What do we have to do next? And uh, and wherever possible, do it from the inside out. It's like democracy. It happens from the bottom up. It never happens from the top down, ever, ever doesn't work that way. It's bottom up. That's where the power starts, where it comes from. So, same thing with you. It's from the inside out. Live your life inside out. I think it was in the laundry instructions for jeans once upon a time. If you turned them inside out, they'd be cleaner (laughs) when they came out of the wash. It's an inside out job. It's an inside job. Isn't that what Brandon said last week on Thursday? It's an inside job. I think so. <laughs> and so many of our other guests really maybe different words, maybe different techniques to for you to be able to see it in your head.
2: I mean, I think what we're, we're kind story. of summing summing up everything that all our guests have ever said tonight, you know. This it's it's it, it's very simple. It's so simple. It's so simple it's ridiculous. And I think maybe that's why people think that it can't possibly be a truth because it is too simple. It's, it's so simple. You mean I change myself? I change my expectations? I change my perceptions and the world will change? Well, yes. Yes, that's what, exactly, what, exactly what we're telling you. When you change your perceptions of the world, your world changes. It is no more complex than that. It is that easy. If you expect to find assholes, trust me, you will get tons of them. There's plenty. There is
1: an abundance of every vibration, so it doesn't matter. If you
2: expect to find good people, you will find tons of them. So it was Einstein who said, you have to decide... When you go out your door in the morning, only only one thing, whether you live in a hostile world or a friendly world.
1: That's it. And, so um,
2: do you live in a friendly world?
1: And it truly is amazing. I mean, we, um, we are, in fact, talking about the movie Changemakers. It's in one physical area, eco-sustainability, but there's economic, sacred economics. There's everything you can think of has the wanted and the unwanted in it. So it's just a question of changing your perspective. So we could make a thousand movies and not cover the same topic, really, uh, but cover the shift, you know. And it, it's a, it's all shifting. Everything's shifting. And um, uh, it's an exciting time if you're not afraid of change. And, you know, uh, it's so many quotes we could throw out there, you know. Best way to predict the future is to create it.
2: I don't right? understand the fear of change. I don't understand...
1: You know you're suffering.
2: Being afraid of something you don't, new.
1: Yeah, you know you're suffering right now, but you're scared of change.
2: Is it because it's what... Because you don't know what's coming? I mean, is thats is that it? Is that why people... I mean... I guess the adventurer in me is is crazy enough to really like the I don't know space, but that's where that faith comes in. And
1: if you you look through your life at some of your sort of miniature I don't know spaces, things, experiences like roller coasters or bungee jumping or parachuting or um, going in a fast car with the boyfriend that you've just discovered is insane uh, and suicidal, and you know now he's driving you at high speed. You know whatever it is, uh often you look back at your life, and those are the times of exhilaration and aliveness that you want to talk about that you want to tell everybody about when you're older, right and so was true. you know I hit oh the gas God, so on that true. big v eight car I hit the gas, I didn't know what the i wow, I thought it was coming out from underneath me, holy oh, wow, but it was so cool, so true. When at the time, it was really kind of scary, maybe, you could say. And the thing is to take that, uh, you know, you get that little feeling in your solar plexus. They talk about that thing, right? You get anxiety right there. You get excitement right there. That's two two sides of the same coin. It's the same energy. It's the energy of you. But if you filter it through incompatible beliefs, it feels like anxiety. It feels out of harmony with yourself.
2: Right Where, so a really neat trick to to do, and you can actually consciously do this because I've done it because i I had huge i mean
1: if Jean can do it, anybody can do it
2: i'm no I'm no guru um my dears i I've certainly been through the ringer myself, so um I've had to learn these tricks in order to be able to learn how to really enjoy and embrace life, and one of the tricks is to Convince yourself that every time you get that uh, in your stomach that you're excited
3: about something
1: yeah, <laughs> that there's something exciting like. very close to you,
2: yeah,'re not
1: seeing it that way
2: that's, that's going that's, that's coming and and pretty soon, you will just get a feeling of excitement. There won't be the feeling of Vic or fear anymore. But it's something that you have to consciously do. You have to consciously work at it. You have to consciously be aware. You have to consciously make a choice that this is the feeling that I want to feel. I want to be excited. I don't want to be afraid. I want to be excited. So I'm going to focus on that feeling. Yeah. There's something coming.
1: Because the possibilities... They say are endless, but the probabilities, the things that are probable in any moment, they are so many that they seem infinite. They're not as infinite as possibility. We recognize that in our heads, but the probabilities are huge in any given moment. And if you're following that sniff of excitement like the bloodhound, you'll be in the right place at you know you say wow look at that guy he made it because he was in the right place at the right time he didn't even mean to buy a lottery ticket with a megaball he wanted it without a megaball but they misprinted it and he won all the gazillions how does that happen he was at the right place at the right time i've been a lot of places at a lot of times you know well it's like the time I was going to the cell phone store and I was in the wrong, I, I looked up, I was getting close to the traffic light at the freeway and I was in the completely wrong lane. I was in the right-hand lane and I knew good and well that the cell phone store is to the left. So I made a silly change across four lanes of traffic and turned left, got to the, where the cell phone store is supposed to be, big sign in the window, we've moved. Had I turned right, they were less than half a block. So had I just continued to be sort of oblivious and following my excitement of I'm going to the cell phone store and buy a new holster because I saved up the money, I would have arrived without difficulty, very quickly, and still excited. (laughs) Instead, I chose at the time, this was some years ago, to beat myself up over not following my instinct because I knew from all my teachings that my instinct should be right, so not only did I make the slightly longer route choice, it didn't keep me from getting to the store or buying the thing. Uh, but, but by I, the time I didn't you got
2: to the store, you were probably in a crappy ass it. mood.
1: Oh yeah, and you know.
2: And you didn't want to be there.
1: Yeah, and there were. I got the annoying sales guy, and you know,
2: right.
1: The people in front of me were asking questions that engineers couldn't answer, and 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 the people in the store were yeah. like trying to make now them happy. Now you know
2: that. Everybody who's listening to this can, can recognize that.
1: This has happened and to that, it, all of us.
2: Right, it's happened to all of us. So there's your... How do you prove that you can actually... Your mood can manifest your your situation? Well, there you go. You know, I think about it. Just think about it.
1: I mean, during the break, I... Really, my mind wandered onto... I was headed down the primrose path to the negative ending, right? I had, suddenly had a concern about something. And and the music messed up. And I said, oh, yeah, right, sorry. And turned my attention and the music straightened out. Now, yeah, that's just coincidence. It, it probably had nothing to do with each other. But... Jane and I can tell you from experience that how we feel and what we're talking about make a big difference to our connection over Skype. We can blow Skype up by talking about negative stuff long enough.
2: Had the computer shut down several times.
1: Yeah. Call
2: dropped. If there's something that we're not supposed to be talking about, our call will get dropped. It just drops. It just drops.
1: And sometimes it just comes with that little Skype message saying, there's a problem with this call. We're trying to get your call back. And... Gene and I will both sort of be laughing and we'll type in there, you know, okay, won't talk about that. Let's move on. And then, boom, the call's back. And it's just as clean and clear as it ever was.
2: Yet, I can have a conversation with anybody else on Skype for hours and not have a call drop.
1: So, you know.
2: I can do the radio show.
1: Is it for the most Nestor? Part. Yeah, for the most part, without any difficulties.
2: And it's on the nights so that I'm worried about it. That we have the difficulties.
1: Yeah, and so uh, so it it just it just is, and you're going to have to find an example out of your own memory, maybe, to prove it to yourself. Uh, But
2: uh, and 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 when once you've once you've proven it to yourself, and then tomorrow you forget it because something goes wrong and you get upset and you forget, that's okay too, because I forget.
1: I forget all the time. Rick
2: forgets, but this is where those synchronicities come into play. Something really simple. And, you know, again, anybody who wants it, friend me on Facebook. I will send you a free copy of my first novel, which is all about those synchronicities. Very simple little signs in your day-to-day life that are there to remind you. And that's how it starts. And God forbid you ever get to the point, I pray I never get to the point, where they don't make me excited. And where I don't go, hee-hee, was not cool. But... They they come slowly at first and then.
1: And if you're all worried
2: fast and
1: and got your knickers in a twist, you just don't see them. You just you know, like people say about relationships. You know, I must have cruised past a lot of big red flags. You know, he's an axe murderer. Well, yeah, there's always flags. They're not red or green or they're just flags. You get to choose. You know
2: but it, and they're there and you got to you know um look for them
1: come on somebody chose to have the experience of being hitler tell me that every experience imaginable is not available on this planet that's a pretty goofy off the wall experience to have well, it was nutty as a jaybird he was cuckoo
2: no more goofy than the than the thousands who were willing to have the experience of being jewish at the time
1: yeah well and and look people I mean it, it it really comes down to and I no I, I don't have the right to tell anybody whose reality is real cuz everybody's reality is real. But if you spend your time with the videos and the websites and the movies that are all about what's wrong and we're going to have to make these mass arrests before we can fix anything. I don't know whether people are going to be arrested for their Economic crimes, I don't think it's necessary. Well, I know it's not necessary. But whether it's going to happen or not, it's the belief that you can't fix your life until that happens. Well, you're going to be waiting a long time. Not going to happen. You know? Might happen in somebody else's reality, but probably not going to happen.
2: strange to. belief to have that a system can't be adjusted. It has to be destroyed
3: first.
1: Unless this t tiny little sense. group of people, percentage wise, t t tiny little group of people. If a group that small could control the world, things would be going smoother now. You might not like them, but they would be going smoothly, and things are not going smoothly, are they? You seen smooth lately?
2: I'm very. I'm just. I'm things very are going confused.
1: pretty smooth over at Damanhur.
2: Yeah, they are. But I'm very confused by the idea that you can't. You can't um, shift something or alter it, but that you have to destroy it and then build something new. That to me doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's that's goofy, somewhat illogical. But I mean, hey, if that's your game, and that's that's fine. It can be
1: workable to blow everything up and start from scratch.
2: It's just but. not the game I particularly want to play.
1: No. I like cappuccino. No blowing up cappuccino. Because when yeah, you blow I mean, up everything, I... you blow up everything.
2: Yeah, You don't get right. to keep some piece. So would you re- do you really uh. want to give up everything? Or do you just want to improve on what we have? Make it more sustainable?
1: You just want to Make wake up one day beneficial. and the, the government suddenly is doing something you thought they would never do. I've been seeing it a lot lately.
2: Yeah, yeah dude. That, um, so
1: the whole it? thing could just getting, shift.
2: Getting three point one million.
1: The whole the whole thing could just shift, just slide right. over Come there. On.
2: Answer my question. What? Three point one million dollars. Yeah. Judgment. Who the was judgment. that?
1: Uh, that was well, against... Uh, no, Bank of America.
2: Bank of America.
1: Over one single mortgage, they did three three point one million dollars. This judge said this was the treatment of these people was reprehensible, and it was. I know. I've had a mortgage that got foreclosed on. And uh, I know how the system works. I have gone through the bankruptcy process in the United States. I had to. But so uh, many
2: people have said that that would never happen. And there's so much stuff happening now that people have said will never happen.
1: I mean, you know, and, and who is it? Is it the government and the regulation people and the boards of directors, or is it the we the people? Well, just look at the Susan G. Komen thing. It's a breast cancer place, right? And they were given money to Planned Parenthood about breast cancer. And somebody got on their board of directors that really didn't like that, because Planned Parenthood does do some abortions. It's like 1% or 2% of what Planned Parenthood does. Mostly they do preventive medicine and contraception that avoids a lot of tragedies, okay? But and 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 the money they were getting from Susan G. Komen they were using to screen women for breast cancer. That has nothing to do with babies. Really? But this lady on the board of directors convinced the other members of the board of directors to stop that. And how long did it take them to reverse that decision? 48 hours. Maybe. Maybe three days.
2: And this has been this has been happening frequently. I mean, it happened with the internet thing, it happened I, I I've lost track of how many times it's happened. The people do have the power and believe it or not, the government is listening. So if
1: the if the power in a democracy and, and in reality comes from the individuals, comes from the bottom up, like we said earlier, then why would people be surprised that our leaders in Washington are waiting for us, the people, we the people, to lead? They know how the power structure works. They know where the power comes from. Whether they're trying to hide it from you or trying to help you find it, doesn't matter. They know where it comes from. They know that's how it works. So really, deep down inside, they're waiting for the people to lead.
2: And 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 the truth of it is, like it again, it goes back to your your the almighty dollar that's sitting in your wallet. Where are you gonna spend it? Who are you gonna spend it on? These guys know that. They're businessmen. They're entire freaking
1: these Things lately that have upset women, that, that is, businesses have reversed almost instantaneously, it's because women, in America anyway, control like 80% of the buying power, 73 to 78% of the buying power. So you can't piss them off.
2: So they're going to cater to the buyer. And when the buyer starts getting rowdy and starts demanding something else, then they they give that. But the buyer has to demand it.
1: That's right. If That's the buyer
2: right. keeps just taking whatever handouts they're given and accepting that is okay, then they're going to get away with that as long as they possibly can because, well, it's easier.
1: And, and you know, how do you get a government that hides things from you and tries to protect you from knowledge? Well, you tell them. Look, listen, I don't want to, look, there's stuff out there I don't even want to hear about. Just Just handle it, would you? Once you do that, It has to, as long as you continue to maintain focus on it, it's going to grow to the point where it controls every little bit, hides every little bit, protect you from yourself. Um, So you protect you. Eat better. Whatever that means to you. Get a massage once a week. Whatever it means to you. But if there's a prevailing belief structure on the planet that if you eat a certain way, it's the right way to eat for your body... And it was also the way that our indigenous people that still are alive. I'm not talking about extinct tribes from a million years ago. I'm talking about, you know, you can go talk to them if you want to. They eat that way and they don't get sick. They don't have cancer. As many indigenous peoples in the Amazon they don't have cancer. They don't have any idea what that is. It's never happened in their society. It's Very what they eat. Our illness. Yeah. This
2: is our disease. They think confusing. it's funny. They and don't then, have mental disorders. They don't have stress you, disorders. They don't have
1: but birth with the, defects. The absolute openness of these people. We would go in, and and some member of our troop has a cold, and they go, "What the fuck is that?" Pardon me, I dropped the f bomb. They go, "What the hell is that?" Because they don't. They've never seen anybody be sick before. I, I, yeah, people get old and they die but they usually just tell everybody goodbye, wander off in the woods and sit down. And um, But they've never seen sick before, so then the, the, the explorers, being the kind folks that they are, explain all about disease to the tribe. And then the tribe gets wiped out by this cold that nobody dies from a cold, and it killed this whole people. Well, it's because they'd never even had the idea of a disease before, and they were used to taking anything that you know, was in their environment and allowing it to be what it be and expand as it wishes. And, you know, the first time one of them went sneezed that they never used to pay attention to, the whole tribe suddenly turned and looked and said, oh my God, he's sick like the white guy. And boom, they died. It's that easy to shift a reality. That's just, we're looking at the wrong side of the way we want to shift now. But how easy it is to shift is... Doesn't matter which direction you're shifting.
2: The point is, you got to choose. And yeah. on that note, we're getting close to time, or we're, we're getting close to time. time. We're,
1: we're actually over time. time by about a minute. Do appreciate everybody hanging with us, just babbling tonight. Uh, <laughs> sorry that for those that you know arrive to see and and hear, I suppose is better. But uh, from Kofi and Tony, we will uh, we will see if that materializes in the future. But we have some great guests coming up. Nonetheless.
3: Yes,
2: and, sir, we uh, do. We have Frankie on Tuesday, and we have Maria Brodskaya from Russia on Thursday. Beautiful be young cool. woman with an amazing voice.
1: With an amazing instrument and she and she uses it well. Mm -hmm. And
2: And Franco Nicola who's going to talk about all the things that we just talked about tonight, he's just going to say it all over again in his own way. So stay tuned for that if you're looking for confirmation.
1: Because really, we say the same thing every (laughs) Tuesday and Thursday. No matter who we have. We end up boiled down to the same place. Pretty much. Which would be, you know, join us on Tuesday with Franco. Until then, have a great weekend. And... uh,
2: Connection.
1: That's all there is, folks. Paddy pade padeep, that's all folks. Join Rick and Jean again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me. And be sure to like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everyday connection. Worried you might miss an episode? Don't worry, subscribe. Find us on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection.
0: So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com/pricematch for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question? How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash for details.